When you're infected with the Peloton, there's only one cure. Welcome to the Pelotonitis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Pelotonitis Podcast. My name is Anna. And I'm Jeff. (laughs) And the third time's the charm, I think. (laughs) This dead air is brought to you by... Skype. We need a sponsor. Yeah, Skype. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. We were doing so good. We were doing so good, but we've been having some technical difficulties tonight. A little rusty, Anyway. A little rusty. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because we were just joking about how we just fell right back into it and we didn't even need to rehearse or practice, but clearly we did. Apparently. (laughs) Apparently. <laughs> That's the right. royal we, right? Right. Right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, always, generally. Assume so. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I was telling him before we had to start over, we were getting excited about the fact that not only do I have one person at work who likes cycling, like me, I have two people. Two of my coworkers are just as into cycling as I am, and it is very exciting. Two people are enough to waste a lot of time. A lot of time, I know. Lunch breaks, you know, 15-minute, 20-minute breaks here and there. It's great. And it totally makes up for all that March Madness, fantasy football. Oh, fantasy baseball, home run derby. Baseball. Horrible. Is baseball, fantasy baseball, is that a thing? They're the statisticians of the world. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Nobody baseball likes stats more than than baseball people. Yeah. But no, thank you. All those sports are very boring. Let's just talk about <laughs> cycling. So, Christian and Javier, if you're listening, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> At least nice we have two you. listeners. <laughs> so, we decided to... Dust off the microphones and... Try and figure out how to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> because there's a little race called the Tour de France starting um, in, I don't know, just a few days, I guess. Saturday? A few days. Um, so hopefully you can get this Day. up online. That's right. Independence Day. It's like they knew. I know. I only have a few days to get it up. So hopefully, fingers crossed. I'll have time to do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. We have been so out of the loop, which I, I'm not even sure if we should admit that, but it's true. I'm admitting it. I'm just going to go out in there and say that, that I just, once the Giro got over, I just kind of checked out. Um, so, yeah. Own it. Been doing a lot of reading these last few days. <laughs> That's Catching nice. up. I've embraced my inner loneliness. <laughs> not loneliness. I meant laziness. <laughs> <laughs> Where did loneliness come from? That's a little like a, wow. That's a Freudian, like a Freudian slip yeah. there. <laughs> Jeff is really <laughs> Jeff has really, really missed me. Everybody's left me. <laughs> and now you all know how lonely Jeff is. No. Complete laziness has taken over my life and it's it's pretty awesome when you get to do that. Well, I have to be honest, for me, it's like the complete opposite. Like, I just, too much. 
I mean, work and choir and then like real life is just all of these things at once and it's too much and I don't have time for cycling and I don't like it, but I don't know. That's life. So summer has been a little bit better so far. So, you know, that's good. We were able to squeeze it in and hopefully we'll be able to, now that we're on the ball again, maybe we can, you know, keep it there. I don't know. Anyway. Let's go. Yeah. It is. It is what it is. Let's get into it. Um, right. The root. I guess we'll start off with that, right? Let's go. I yeah. gotta. Let's go. Okay. So first off, I have to say that I'm really loving this trend of sort of like mixing up the root. You know, before it was always very like flat road. Like you had like one week of sort of like flat stages with your maybe a few classics. You know, climbs in there and. And a lot of bunch sprints, you know, time trials, like all this sort of like very boring, you know, generally you could just sort of, and then you had your transition stages and then you were in the mountains and then there'd be some like lumpy stages in the middle and then mountains and then you're done. It's gotten very traditional over the years. And yeah, they've built in just that. And the only thing that would mix up is where the time trials fell or if they had a team time trial or not. That was about it. Right. But both this year, both, I mean, the Giro and the tour both kind of mixed it up i mean the giro was just sort of like left right center you never knew what was coming you know flat stage you know lumpy stage classics mountains like time trial like i just felt like i just never knew what was going to happen in terms of the stage you know it's just right, like every right. stage was a little bit different and it was that was so exciting <laughs> i mean it's so much more interesting for us to watch i think in the last I'm few years the giro's been playing with this a little bit more than the tour and I would agree. maybe even the Volta and at yeah. least experimenting with different formats and shuffling up a bit and they've had success with it. So, I mean, last year I would say the tour threw in a few surprise stages in that first week and it did, you know, make things interesting. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Continuing with that and that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's not surprising to me considering that the Giro are the tour is the most traditional, I guess, of the three of them. So it makes sense that they would be a little bit more reluctant to change than the others. Right. So, you know, it's gonna, I think this, this, this one is very, it's really seems like a very different format than some of the other years. Um, but it also is a very much, a race for the pure climbers, I think. It's because there's not a long time trial. Uh, I think that really puts it in favor of those who are just really excel at climbing. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later, like who yep. that includes. Um, not that it's a big surprise to anybody. You know, the last week seems like it's the pure climber week, but it always comes down to how they race it. You know, who needs to make up what time by that time or who's riding in such a defensive position by that time. So it really is tough to call from at least the organizer standpoint of how it's going to play out. But, you know, that there are some tough climbing stages for sure. Well, right. And as we will talk about a little bit later, I mean, there's four guys who are really strong and so I think that's also going to add to it because they all really excel at climbing. I mean, I think you got to excel at climbing if you're going to win the tour. Like, that's not 
that's not the question. It's more, what are your strengths? Uh, but like last year proved, you got to make it through the first week. Bump, absolutely, bump. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they put in um, cobbles again this year, uh, which they did last year. That was kind of their first big shift. I don't know. I guess they did cobbles in 2010 too. Right. And last year they got the weather to go with it. They did. That's and apparently true. this in 2010 looking, the weather was nice. Yeah, it looks it's looking a lot drier this year, so. We'll see how that That'll plays out. That'll be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just to kind of give a brief overview of the stages, the first stage is the time trial, individual time trial, but it's not very long. It's only... 13.8. Oh, how long is it? Oh, my God. That's like a blink. 13 uh, kilometers? I mean, that's like... It's long enough to make a difference. How long it's... Will t- it's longer than a prologue normally is. Yeah. Mm. Anything over 10, I mean, that six miles is long enough to start some decent time gaps. I guess. How many, um, how long do you think it'll take them to finish that? Oh, jeez. Like 15 minutes? <laughs> oh, jeez. No I need to do some Sound math. like a Midwesterner. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea how how long but i feel like i'm terrible at estimating that kinds of things but i'm yeah. trying to think how long would the 13 kilometers 30 like miles 15 an hour minutes or is that times you think yeah well whatever we don't need to do math i'm not this isn't a math show <laughs> this is gonna be a lot of dead air if you want me to do math in my head <laughs> right we already get enough dead air we don't need any more with the I'm math home from work i'm drinking i'm not doing math sorry <laughs> I've already had my beer for the night. <laughs> um, it looks like this, the stage itself is very, it's not super technical. There's a lot of 90, it says they, there are a lot of 90 degree turns, but none of them are like really sharp or narrow. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's a little short for the time trial specialists, and it's a little long for the prologue type specialists. So, I would agree. It's it's uh, tough to call. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any idea. I mean, Froome. I think Froome. I can imagine Froome doing it. He's sort of the best time trialer. But I mean, whatever. <laughs> None of the other guys are really that bad at time trialing. If it's that short, anybody. So it could be anybody's game. Right. It could even be someone who's not in the top. I mean, it could so, be a Luke just really glad. or somebody like that. You know, who knows? Exactly. Yeah. I'm just really glad it's not a um, it's not a team time trial because I, for some reason it really irritates me when you have a team time trial at start and then like the first, you know, whatever, nine GC spots are all the same team. Right. It just right. really annoys me. It just seems like, like such a weird way to start the tour. Like to start a GT? I'd agree. Yeah. So I'm just... Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> so I'm not... Apparently... What? Oh, I guess... Um, so apparently there are... Oh, never mind. I forgot what I was going to say. That's not important. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All There's right. a note so here the somewhere. Second stage is... I know. This is somewhere... So, stage two is by far the absolute flattest stage. 
like pancake flat. Not really. Well, there's a couple little bubbles in there, but that is it. So, yeah. <laughs> and they're up in Netherlands. I mean, I don't know if we've kind of yeah. mapped out the route, but they start in the Netherlands, they go through Belgium, and work their way to France. Yeah. So the first two stages are in the Netherlands. So, like, pancake flat, so flat. Like, this is probably the the best stage the sprinters are going to ask for. So you know that it's going to be a sprinter stage. I'm too bad it's on a Sunday. Actually, I'm kind of glad because it's Sunday and busy. So <laughs> I wouldn't be able to watch it anyway. So I'm kind of glad that <laughs> it's such kind of a boring stage. Uh, the only... In terms of the route, it's not hard. But it is... Because you're in the Netherlands, you have things like crosswinds could be an issue right um because it could get windy and there's a lot of road furniture in there and the roads are kind of narrow so and everybody's nervous there could be some but everyone adds a second day tour everybody gets guaranteed crashes i know it's gonna be it's gonna be rough i think from that point of view Mm -hmm. so that could be bad but they've got to keep themselves in the front of the peloton. <laughs> Sorry. Are you trying to be Phil Liggett or what? <laughs> I got to restate the <laughs> obvious Phil quote. I know, right? <laughs> Everyone in the race has They're... to be in the front or else they have no chance. But that is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Logically, that doesn't make no sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do some math, Phil. (laughs) He's even worse at math than we are. (laughs) And that's saying something. Okay, so we've got crosswinds for stage two. Yep. Third stage is in Belgium. Belgium, man. The murder Uh, we. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's exciting. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It is in that one. Oh, really? I didn't... I guess I didn't realize. Oh, yeah, yeah, duh. That's the finish. Whoa. Right? I didn't realize it finished on the Murder Hui. That right? is amazing. <laughs> oh. See, in stage three, well, you exciting. could have some serious time gaps in the GC battle. Because that is For not sure. an easy I mean, that's finish. Like a... Um, is Gilbert riding? You know? <laughs> I don't even I, I don't have a start list. Oh wait, I have a start list. I'll Why check. did I ask you? You don't know. <laughs> wait, I have my start list right here. Oh, you do have a start list. Yeah, you're better prepared than I am. I didn't even I didn't Let's even think see. to get one up. Because I really hope so. Because he has been having a good season. I mean, he won. Like he's been winning this season. Aww, uh, I don't see him. Oh, nope. Tinkov. Really? BMC oh, is bad. bringing Caruso, Rowan Dennis, Daniel Oss, Manuel Cunziato, Sammy Sanchez, Michael Schar, Greg Van Avermaet, TJ Van Gardren, and Danilo Weiss. Hmm. That's not that surprising. Sorry, no, Phil Gill. They want. I know. But there is. I think it's Valverde. Oh yeah. <laughs> Happy days. <laughs> and Rodriguez, right? 
Yeah, Rodriguez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that'll be a battle. And I think, you know, Martin, Dan Martin. getting to the base of that climb. And Dan Martin, yeah. But the chaos yeah. of getting to that climb oh, is going to sure. be crashes and getting up the climb is going to be difficult oh, for GC not. people. So whether they take it seriously yeah, or think... worry about it, that's going to be the issue. Yeah. I agree. I think that um, it is not, I don't know, that could be a very interesting stage. Oh, it is going to be amazing. Anytime <laughs> you have a kind of a finish like that, it's great. Definitely. Huh. What a fun little twist, you know, on the classic. I like it. I like it. Oh, I was just on Cycling News, and it... Um, one of the headlines is Dan Martin aiming for Murduhui on Tour de France. Well, there you go. So, hey, we called it. Bring out the panda. <laughs> Bring out the panda. <laughs> the magic panda. Magic. This is good luck, panda. And then that's followed uh, by stage four with even more cobbles. With Perry roubaix cobbles. Yes, stage, three, stage four does indeed follow stage three. Correct. <laughs> good math. That math I'm good at. <laughs> the only math I'm good at. Yeah. I can count to 10. Yes. Well, 20. At least 20 because that's mm. how many stages there are. Uh, then it's cobbles. So it's a pretty like flattish stage in that sense. But, you know, cobbles. So, you know, it's going to be... Um, that's going to be a stage to watch. Right. Cobbles make me so nervous. I mean, because they, I mean, they, Froome was a mess last year on that. I just <laughs> think of the 2010 tour when, you know, poor Frank crashed out. I think that was sort of the beginning of the end for Andy when his brother <laughs> crashed out. Oh. Oh, the Schlecks. If only. <laughs> if only. <laughs> And even there isn't even going to be a Schleck in this race. It's very sad. Not a Schleck to be had. Very sad. <laughs> Not a Schleck in sight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're clever. Uh, so cobbles. So that's going to be fun to watch. Um, then we finally enter France officially. That's the end of the cobbles is when we're in France. And we get to our next sprint stage. Yeah. I mean, it's not flat, though. It's pretty lumpy. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Whatever. It's not going to be that interesting. Are you calling a breakaway? Let's be honest. Who's in the no, breakaway? No, I don't think so. Who's, come on. There's <laughs> If there's a breakaway, I mean, there will, obviously there will be one, but I don't think they're going to win it just because the sprinters have so few chances. Like, it of won't course. be Jens. Oh, God. <laughs> well, dang. <laughs> <laughs> so, why bother watching? I know, jeez. Or maybe Adam Hansen. Okay. He'll get in a break at least once, I think, this season. This this is this will be his yeah, yeah. second grand tour. Yeah. All right. So then six. Same kind of thing, I think. Well, I would say actually there's a um an up uh an uphill finish, I guess. Not like a, obviously right. a mountain finish or anything, but like an uphill finish. And there seems like to be a lot of like little steep 
kind of painful climbs. Yeah. Plus, it could get windy. So. Nothing is guaranteed in that first week as far as the traditional flat sprint stages. I would agree. Yeah. Like, this has more of, like, you know, Michael Matthews, which I didn't realize that this was Michael Matthews' first tour. I like did he's not just been all either. over. I, yeah, this is his first tour, which is really shocking to me. He's only but, 24. I don't know. He is. And I feel like Orca at Green Edge really does have such a good team that they can... I feel like their team is so deep that they can bring... They have a lot of options. And they're almost... You know, they're not going... Like, they've kind of... They're like a... They're stage wins. You know, that's kind of what they do. So... They're not necessarily interested in bringing the same people every time because they have such a deep talent pool that can, you know, kind of all do a variety of sprinting. And the formula that's worked for them in the past is to really show themselves in that first week and to figure out how to make the most of whatever they throw at them the first week. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. Look for Matthews. Look for Simon Garrens. Look for anybody to try and get some kind of jersey during that crazy first week. I would agree. And I then think just that that could play happen. the options the rest of the time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think those guys are strong enough that they can last. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. I can't decide if they're quite as, because Peter Sagan is pretty good at, at mountains. So <laughs> I don't, I can't, I couldn't really say how they compare. Right. Like who would be better. But anyway. Um,. All right, then another day, seven is another day for the sprinters, but it's not like pancake flat again. It's pretty undulating, so I don't know. Otherwise, yes, that's boring. Seven is pretty boring. (laughs) The only thing that's really interesting about stage eight, well, I guess a couple things. It's in Britannia, which is Brittany, which is a big cycling, so there's going to be a lot of people out there. That is where the Badger is from. Mm -hmm. Um. I just think windy, cold, and miserable. But I guess not in July. Yeah, I know. Me too. I don't... Yeah, could be. Uh, And then it's the uphill finish on the Moor de Britannia, where I I, I think I wasn't able to watch it, but I think in 2011, that's when when they had it in 2011, too. And I just remember it being kind of a, a definitive stage. Hmm. It's just not definitive, but very dramatic, dramatic, very, very dramatic mm-hmm. stage. So, this you know is, it's like another, you know, kind of like puncher. Yeah. Um, I don't, I just, I don't know why that just sticks out in my head. And I didn't even watch the stage, but I just, for some reason, it just kind of sticks out to me. Okay. Um, it, as had the memory kind of remained in my head. Of because it was kind of an unusual like setting. I think it was the first time they had done something like that too. So anyway, uh, and then it's a the team time trial, twenty eight kilometers, but it's a very lumpy road. It's not a traditional team time trial course. No. It hasn't uphill finish. 6.9% for quite a while. It's like, that is going to mess some teams up, I think. To get all five guys 
just completely burn and then finish on an uphill. I looked at the stage. My legs are burning just thinking about it. (laughs) I looked at the stage and wondered how much factoring of who your start list is went into or how much this played into that. You know, how you select your guys that are going to be able to survive that and contribute and get through the rest of the race and up to that point. Yeah, it's just like you said, you don't want to start the race with a team time trial, but this is really throwing it in the middle and really messing things up. So it, I, this has it's a lot kind of, potential. of like, it's kind of genius planning <laughs> because yeah. putting in a time trial, instead of doing it at the beginning, put it right in the middle. It's not that long. It's only 28 kilometers. So not the, you know, not a super long, but not like super short, you know, it's obviously longer than, than the individual time trial, but putting it kind of, you know, in the middle, like right before the big mountains, plus making it really lumpy it's not like a pure like you know climbing uphill time trial but it's enough that i mean it's pretty genius planning to be honest when you think about it it's exciting yeah so i think that that yeah it's really i think that's really going to shake up the gc i'm just interested i'm mostly going to be interested to see which team does the worst in in terms of like (laughs) you know the, the top guys like which team would do the worst? Because that could really break you, right? If you finish that's alive, the, if your team is the fifth and sixth guy down, selection is really going to be key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's right. It's okay if you got one bad person, or maybe two, but right. you know, yeah. any more than that, then that's really gonna, it's really gonna drag you down. Mm-hmm. Huh. I forgot that it's about all, you know, the fifth guy across. <laughs> Are you getting excited? Are you ready for the tour? Oh, I'm so excited now. I'm really glad we did this. I was a little bit like, oh, this is so much work. But now I'm really glad we did. Because that's like really getting me in the mood. It really is. Because I've been so disconnected. So. Yep. All right. So then they moved to the Pyrenees. And the day there's a rest day and then it's the first real mountain stage but it's mostly Ooh, like so flat, after the and team then time like... trial is the first rest day i was gonna ask that because yeah okay yes 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 wow yeah i don't know if that's good or bad uh, but that's good because they can burn all their matches in that team time trial and just be completely cooked from day to recover but then coming back to a mountain stage is so brilliant well i think that even this is actually really well done though because it's not like a hardcore mountain stage it's like mostly flat a little bit undulating through most of it until the last you know 20k Mm -hmm. or 30k or whatever it's 20 but those rest days can mess people up and that's gonna be a tell you know to finish uphill is there's no faking it you gotta be on I think it's actually really great because it gives people kind of a long time to really get their the juices flowing. And it's not like, you know, <laughs> they get their rest day and then they got to start climbing immediately. You, know, you have, they have yeah, quite a few, yeah. 140 kilometers to, to get ready, basically. So so I think that's actually very clever as well. It's, and it's kind. It was kind of them <laughs> to do that. <laughs> uh, but this is the first big you know the first really big 
climbing. So 10 stages in, that's, you know, they had to fly, climb, ride 10 stages before they really get to any mountains. So, And so just overall, we're starting way up north, and the first week goes over to the northwest of France, down mm-hmm. and we're so we're working our way to the Pyrenees first and then uh-huh. over to the Alps. So right, right, right. Just throwing that in there. Yep, yep. Thanks for the geography lesson, sir. This is a counterclockwise year. Mm, indeed. <laughs> uh right. Then stage eleven, another day in the Pyrenees, um, with sort of your classic, you know, cold despin and uh cool and tourmalet right. as well. So, so a rough day, but sandwiched right in the middle. Sandwiched, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it does finish. It's it's not like a mountaintop finish, but it's still an uphill finish. So okay, it's you know it's not like not the worst uphill finish they'll see all year, all all year, all um race. But you know it's still gonna hurt a little bit after climbing cold Aspen and cold Tourmalet. Right. And it comes that that's the point where you probably got a decent break and how the GC guys race it for sure. Yeah, this yeah you're right. This could could be a break day. I could see that like a solo win from the breakaway. Because I think the GC guys that are the yeah. pure mountain guys are just waiting till the last week and just not worrying sure. so much, just not losing too much at that point. So it could. I mean, it looks like it could be I really exciting, that, but it also could end up being really boring. But it's an opportunity think, for I, the, the middle guys that could make up some time or the breakaway yeah. that stays away. I would agree with you. I think this will be boring because it's a little bit too early to have a lot of fireworks, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. Because there's still a lot of climbing to come. But the tourmalade is always beautiful. Coldest band's great. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, classic, mm-hmm. which is fun. Then another way, another way. Excuse me. Then uh, stage 12, Porta Bay. I'm sorry, Plateau. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let you pronounce that. So, because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will well, you know, guarantee you mess it up, but I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's because the double L is pronounced as a Y, generally. So it's like Spanish. In French and in Spanish. There we uh-huh. go. Uh, so this is a really pointy day. Lots of, like, pointy pointy climbs. And this is the first, like, true uphill mountain finish climb. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be pretty brutal. The last climb is, what, almost 16K? Ouch. Seven and a half percent, almost eight, nine percent, eight percent. Yikes. Yeah. Big ouch. So that's going to be real fun. I could see another solo breakaway winning and that's one too. If somebody hasn't established themselves by now, this, I mean, that it's one of the key stages that it yeah. could happen on this stage. You mean like of the major, the GC contenders? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think. I it, This would, would probably be a good stage because the next couple of days are not, they're not mountainy. They're just sort of transition, like weird transition stages. So, um, 
I think you're probably right that this could be a good day for a GC contender. If they need to make up some time, I could see them making an attack here because the next two, three days are are not that tough. Right. So well, they would have some chance to recover. From, I don't know, from what I've read over the years, these transition mm-hmm. stages across the south of France are as tough as anything anybody's ever ridden. Just the way it usually gets raced, it's always up or you're always down. That's There's true. no flat. It's just miserable, at least for the domestiques and the guys that yeah. are doing the work all day. These are the yeah. brutal stages that break the teams down. This is where your team starts to fall apart before the final Alps. So, yeah. Yeah, for the GC guys, they have to survive That's a good it. Point. But if they want their team to be fresh for the Alps, the, these are the tough stages, I think. And that's probably why you would see the um, breakaways winning mm-hmm. if the GC teams are kind of letting other teams kind of do the work and just kind of waiting and seeing. Yeah, once the right break goes, they're uh, going to let them go. <laughs> I think. I, I think that's just, so. I don't know. That's my two cents. I could see that happening. I mean, the only other thing, the only reason I could see that maybe not happening is if there's one team that really needs to make up some time. But like you said, you can't like destroy your team mm-hmm. at the, you know, all for a few seconds because you still have a week of climbing in the Alps to go. So you have to save them a little bit. And I think the heat's going to play a factor. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things. If it is hot, yeah. Tough to say. Yeah, for sure. So another transition stage. It um, ends in Mond. I don't know. Okay, nothing interesting there. Stage 15, <laughs> same thing. It's uh, not that interesting. It kind of ends in a in a flat. So um, none of the climbs are that terrible. I mean, like you said, I think it's still going to be rough, but in terms of all out climbing and things like that. It's not going to be rough from like necessarily a terrain aspect, you know, mm-hmm. from a gradient aspect. So stage 16 is when they finally get to the Alps and they are in the gap is where they finish, but it's basically a downhill finish. So, however, it's still like it, it's not a mountaintop finish, but it's still crazy because it the descent is off of Col de Mas, which is where did you know because I didn't remember this until I read it. But that's where the descent where um Armstrong did his little like cross country. Okay, I didn't jaunt. know that. Mm-hmm. Chasing Milwaukee. And, and that one dude that one uh-huh. Well, yes. isn't this the one where he Milwaukee went down and like broke his leg and then was done forever? Yeah. Who was that him? Yeah. Yeah. You don't sound very confident. No, that's yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And that yeah, took so Armstrong out and then... off the road and went across and trying to chase up to. Exactly. Uh, was it Hamilton up the road yes. by that time? Yeah. I think Tyler no, I Hamilton was up. Yeah. But it was also where kind of in 2011 where, cause the descent is so sketchy that um 
Cadell was able to get some time on him there because he was so scared going down. <laughs> so this is also in that close to where Chaingate took like place Nibali. or not? Wasn't Chaingate on that? No, same that was no? Puerto Bay. Oh, it was uh-uh. okay. That was Bale or whatever Bay. Um. So the descent <laughs> off of uh, that will be could be very interesting. Yeah. Because we know Froome is not exactly the most fearless descender. Mm-hmm. So I could see some of his competitors using that descent to get some time into Froome. Nibu, um, perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> well, Contador is also, he's, he's a pretty fearless down, uh, descender um, as well. I'd, so I'd, I'd give Nibu the nod on that one. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, so then stage 17, which apparently this stage was pretty much the exact same stage that they did in the Dauphiné. <laughs> so. Oh, really? Okay. Looks like. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know. I didn't watch the Dauphiné, so, but. <laughs> do you know, though, which one of the big contenders raced the Dauphiné? Oh, I don't remember. Okay. Never mind. I think Sorry. Froome did. I know. That was Froome and Van Gardner. I don't know these. I think so. Okay. That sounds that sounds right to okay. me. Got it. I think um, you're right. This shows how much out of it we have been. Oh my god, we are so out of it. A lot of uh <laughs> championships have been happening recently. So I guess it makes sense like right before. Yep. Yeah. Like right before um so I wonder why ours are so early. We have ours at the end uh, of May. I don't know. So stage 17, God, the big thing I noticed there, and it's what, pro-loop? I'm messing that yeah. up, I'm sure. The thing I noticed on the profile is, yes, it's an uphill finish, but there's a monster descent. So they go up this monster climb and a monster descent and then go uphill probably half of yeah. what they climbed before. So right. this is where if somebody like Anibali needs a big descending crazy time gap makeup time opportunity yeah. this is like textbook for that because it's yeah. just a huge downhill before the final climb. So if somebody needs to establish a gap before that final climb this is right. like written for it. And since the final climb is not that long, mm-hmm. I think that's a good play, good way to a good place to do that because you really it's not a long climb. So even if you lose some time, you wouldn't lose all of your time, right? That you had gained. True, true. Uh, Eighteen goes. That's a, this one. It seems more uh, much more of a uh, a climby stage. It's like up, down, up, down, up, down all day. <laughs> and none of them are like big. Like there's there's only one HC climb. The rest, one, two, three, four, five, six. There's six, seven climbs. Only one of them is HC. So it seems very tiring day. It's a flat finish. So... It's a tiring day I'm for the teams. I could see like... Yeah. 
for the support guys and the GC guys are going to sit in and not really mix it up that much. I don't think because it's not a mountaintop finish. It's going to come back together and I don't know. And the next two days are really brutal. So, Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that there, I would agree with you. This is just saving the energy before the big showdown. If, if it comes to that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 19 is a big, it, it's a big climb. It ends on a, um, up, it's a mountaintop finish. Lots of climbing. Lots of, one, two, <laughs> there's only four, but they're all very big. A la Toussier. Toussier. So if Quintana lost a lot of time on that big descent, he can make some up before the final mountain day. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I never thought of Quintana as being a shy descender, but maybe. Mm. That's what took him out of the time trial I mean, last it's year. It's not as good as late. Yeah. Huh? Wasn't it last year in the tour time I mean, trial that he went down and out? Oh, yeah. Golly. Didn't he go down? He went down pretty early, didn't he? It was a bad line. Because I turn barely even remember descent. him in the race. Yeah. Yeah. But then stage 20 is up to West, so it's Saving not. I mean, it's just 110 last. kilometers for sure. It's only 110 <laughs> kilometers, so it's pretty short. Yeah. But and it's only two climbs, but they're both HC climbs. So Col de la Croix de Fer and then Alpe d'Huez. So when it says 14 kilometers at 8%. Yikes. How crazy will the crowds be? It's amazing. On the, f- on the final day. Yeah, the, not final day, but final day. Yeah, basically. It yeah. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> if there's any seconds left to be gained, this will be the day that it will happen. Yep. If there's any sort of like question about what's happening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Sunday. Oh, my gosh. It's in Paris and I'm going to be there. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? No yes, way. I'm there. <laughs> no way. Yes. You're not I taking am me with really you. Really excited. Nope. I didn't get my itinerary. Next year. The Pelotonitis <laughs> trip to Paris. Someday. I wasn't Someday. on the list. Wow. Nope, you didn't make it. You didn't make the cut. <laughs> I didn't this make year. the Sorry. cut. <laughs> Ouch. That hurts. Just like a kittle, you have been cut. Oh, poor Marcel. <laughs> uh, oh, that's exciting. I didn't know that. So, Congratulations. That's Yeah. Wow. I know. Really, really excited. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. And hopefully I'll see Nibali. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So speaking of that, let's talk about who are the contenders. I mean, duh. We have our Fantastic Four. <laughs> Froom, Quintana, Contador, and Nibali. They need superhero names. Yeah. So, oh, my God. <laughs> I wish I was better at superheroes because then I would give them a name. That's but I'm okay. not actually that good at superheroes. 
there are superheroes, <laughs> right? Contador, Froom, Nibali, Kintana. There, there are. They do exist. Starting. I mean, that's that's all we need. It's like blowing my mind just thinking <laughs> about these four riding in a race together. Blowing my mind. Amazing. Right. So, Quintana. He did well on the classics race. He has a really great time trial team. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I think it seems pretty strong. My only concern is Valverde. Like, Valverde has said, okay, I'm going to support you. However, we've seen in the past that, you know, they don't always stick to their promises. <laughs> um, and I just I think rewatched Slaying the Badger, so that might be fresh. I did. Of, uh, it's really fresh Quintana. in my mind yeah. now. That, it's, it's probably not a bad parallel to draw. Yeah. I just, uh, if he feels, if he sniffs it out. I can see him taking it. How trustworthy is Valverde? So, I know, right? Exactly. I mean, I wouldn't trust him as far as I can throw him. (laughs) (laughs) Which really is probably not that far, I mean, honestly. (laughs) So, yeah, it's going to be... I mean, with all the climbing... If it plays out, it's really meant for Quintana as far as that team goes. So for sure, I think Valverde, Valverde has a chance. And some, yes, I think Valverde has a chance at stage wins at some of the earlier stages for mm-hmm. sure. But in terms of overall, no way he's not. He can't even think to compete with Quintana on this. That's not the voices with, so, in his head that are saying that. <laughs> The voices in his head are saying, "You can do it. You, got you can this. take him. Yeah. <laughs> you got this. Don't let them tell you no." <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, and I mean, you know, cobbles like there's the cobbles, but he did um a lot. Surprisingly, he did the classic races early on and did pretty good. Um, you know, in E3 and uh, Dwar's. Dwarf Landran. Mm-hmm. I think he did really well. Like, su- I mean, you know, surprisingly well for someone who right. we always associate as a climber. And when the, so, when the weather's right, not, those I guys can do it. I mean, like, Contador surprised me I think in so. the cobbles in 2010, 2011. When was that? Yes. Oh, That's 11. Always... But also last year. Yeah. He was like, he was just floating. He just, he was amazing on the mm-hmm. cobbles. But Quintana, same. Like, Quintana doesn't scare. I don't think he scares easily. So, I think he'll be fine. Froome, on the other hand, I don't know. He's kind of (laughs) squirrely. So, he's really got a hope for for dry weather. He's, yeah. Yep. What's going for him is that he has the strongest team for sure. And he's great form. Great form. But Cobbles are not his friend descending not his friend <laughs> so and also there's no big time trial also kind of works against right him. right doesn't necessarily work against him he would just have a much better shot at winning if there was a longer time trial his climbing looks plenty good to make up for that and i think I he'll agree. make it through the I cobbles agree. but i think yeah the thing is is that 
For the other guys, I think it's good that there's not a time trial because for them, the time a long, long time trial could do more harm than good. Right. Whereas the opposite is you could say a Froome. A time trial, not having one time trial doesn't hurt him, but having a long time trial would really help him. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes it a much closer race because of that. And so I say thank you, tour gods, <laughs> for putting in a short time trial. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. I think Contador is kind of in the same boat Const- with that, though. I mean, he can make up time in a time trial on Quintana and Nibali. But without yeah. that, uh, yeah, climbing-wise, on par a little bit better than Froome, but not up with Quintana. I don't know. No. I'm speaking I think Quintana... I, I know I would agree with you. I think Quintana is is the strongest climber of all of these guys. Um, on his side, though, Conchador weighs two things. Well, okay, going going against him is that he he did win the Giro, but it wasn't the best GT that he's ever ra- raced. Like he's had better GTs. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to race super duper hard because it wasn't. You know, there was such a gap. Um, he, otherwise his team is, he's just kind of been, I don't know, his form seems just like, okay, not like super duper great. Um, he doesn't have a super strong team. It's not that his team isn't strong, but it, he had to do a lot of the work on his own, uh, in the mountains, in the Giro. He was alone a lot. Right. So I don't know that that bodes well. However, uh, he can deal. I mean, he I, has yeah, nothing to lose. He's, I think he's fine with that. Oh, for sure. Of all of these guys, he's the one that I would that doesn't that concerns me the least. Like Froome, he needs a team. He needs a strong team behind him. <laughs> Quintana, I don't know. I don't. He would probably be okay as well. But I think Nibali does better when he has a strong team as well. But Constantor, whatever. However. This boy has nothing to lose. And he's got something he to prove after the last year. He has already won all of the GTs. He, yes, absolutely. And he has nothing to lose. And he's he has won all of the GTs. So it's not even about like winning a Grand Tour. It's kind of about just... He wants that double. He wants the Giro Tour double at this point. And so I think for me, because he has nothing to lose... He's going to be the most interesting to watch because I think he doesn't care about for him. It's either win or go home. Well, and he's already called his retirement, right? So, I mean that there's that side of it. I don't, I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) Sorry. Way to be a downer. No, no, no. I mean, as far as motivation and mental, what, what goes into these guys mentally, he's called his retirement. He, I mean, on one hand, I'd say coming out of the Giro so well might put him at overconfident, but having the mm. crash out last year when it was pretty much his after Froome and everybody else was out, mm. um, I, I think know. he's really going to come back with a vengeance and say, this is mine, and that Froome can't stop him, and that Nibali isn't a contender against me, and that this kid Quintana is okay, but... You know, it takes. He can take. It my takes three weeks once of I'm putting gone. it all together. Yeah. Yeah, 
Um, Contador is going to be a tough contender. I, I mean, uh, yeah. Contador, yeah, for sure. Just because I think he is really going to be big, go big or go home because there's no middle ground for him. You mm-hmm. know, Nibali, I think he has a lot. He keeps saying, oh, I don't have anything to prove. I don't have anything to prove. <laughs> but I think he kind of does. I think maybe he feels that he does because I think a lot of people think he only won the tour last year because everyone else crashed out. So, however, I mean, he's got you know plenty of history. He's, and he does. I think this year he's been racing smart. He hasn't overdone himself. He hasn't overcooked. He hasn't overplayed his cards. So, well, and he said he's kind of a mystery. And he has said, yeah. Well, and he said he's like pretty much exactly at the same place he was last year. You know, he hasn't won any races. The only races he's won this year is the time championship, and that was kind of like last year. Mm-hmm. He's saying his numbers look pretty good. So, you know, in terms of his shape, I think he's his form is very, very similar to last year. And you know I love my boy Nibali, but <laughs> you I love him all, just Anna. Come on. I do. I do. But I am... I'm preparing myself. If Contador was on one end Just of the bar sure. and Nibali was on the other and they were both winking at you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't make me choose. <laughs> Sophie's choice. <laughs> it really is. Oh, my gosh. Now I don't know. Wow. Okay. I mean. Ponder hmm. that for a while. I think. We just lost Anna for about half an hour. I would probably have. Now you put this image in my head, and I'm not going to be able to get rid of it until I decide. I think I would have to choose Nibali. I say go for the Italian. He was kind of <laughs> well because he was like my first true cycling love. Mm-hmm. You know, I love Alberto right now, but like that took a while. You know, he was kind of my nemesis for a while. So, but I think I would have to be true to like. <laughs> my, uh, I, yeah. my first love <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay come back come amazing. back to earth sorry about that okay all right i'm back uh <laughs> right nibali he has a good team good shape he loves descending you know not a great time trial is so good for that which that um, could be i mean looking at the course descending might play the biggest role in this race i mean if the weather stays good like it's been yeah I don't know. I mean, there's always yeah. something that plays a factor that kind of surprises us. And whether it's weather or the course or who crashes out. I mean, I, looking at some of these things, I think descending might be the one. I would agree. This time, that could be the, this year. That could be the deciding And you got to prove yourself in those classics type stages. At least stay up there. Mm-hmm. You can't lose it. Nope. Um. Yeah. Who else oh, do you want well, to talk, talk about? Very cri- briefly. I just want to. Well, mainly TJ. <laughs> I want to talk about TJ, and I want to talk about um. Uh, uh, Canada, Garmin. Okay. So TJ, what are his chances? <sighs> I mean. <laughs> Outside. I think that, I mean, he's an outsider for sure. Unfortunately, those other four guys are real. But uh, the problem is even to make it on the podium, 
he has to beat out two of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> so he has to beat, fr- e- you know, two. He has to beat Froome, Constra, Nibali, Quintana. Two of those people he'd have to, to get on the Pick like, two of those guys, podium. yeah. And this so, is where luck plays in. But I think where I think so. luck catches TJ out, and I've, I've been trying to find the right word. Maybe you can help me out with this. But the only thing I can come up with is poise. It's like the other four guys mm-hmm. have been there, seen it, done it, felt what it feels like to be in that position. I think TJ had the white jersey dream, achieved it, and then all the pressure of the world, once Cadell leaves, gets dumped on his shoulders. I think in yeah. his corner, he's got a bunch of people saying, you got this, you can do this, you know, have confidence. You're a stud. You can make it up the mountains. And he proved in the Dauphiné that, you know, for brief times he can match a Froome. How serious was Froome at that time? We don't know. But I think it pumped him up to the point where he believes he can do it, which is dangerous. I mean, to the other guys. But it's just the wherewithal and the confidence that gets you through the whole three weeks. It's not just a two days stretch or a week, a good week because it can all fall apart in one of those stages. I mean, all those stages that we pointed out could be key. All he needs is some bad luck in that. And he's lost eight minutes and all of a sudden, you know, he's just searching for stage wins. And yeah. that's, that's the problem I have with but TJ. Could... I, I love the guy and I hope he proves me wrong, but uh, he, he doesn't make it up in that, fantastic four with the other guys to me right i would say the other i mean honestly the other thing in his favor is that what if bad luck bad luck could go the other way bad luck could befall one of the four mm-hmm. so i think that that's his other like ace in the hole is if someone has like a bad day like then i think it really could go if if someone has a bad day He's going to be the one that benefits, I think, the most. Right. Because, right. you know, that's... Oh, definitely. And I, I think he's going to he's he's gonna have a hard time beating him head-to-head, honestly, I think, as much as I love him. <laughs> <laughs> but, ah, man, I just hope someday. I mean, whatever. He's still in his 20s, 25, I think, 24, 25. Oh, yeah, so, and I hope he can if, get through that with all the pressures being dumped on him. That's right. that's the thing with me. It's it's not that he's being rushed or pushed too early. It's just all the weight of that team is on him. Um, but I think in the first years that was really rough, but I think that as years have gone on, he's learned to handle that better. So I think he's much better equipped to handle it now than he was in the past. The, the body language I pick up is that he's not so, quite there yet. But maybe. I don't know. No, you don't think. I think it's a little overconfidence in eh. his head that is getting to that point. No. And I would put him on par with like a Nibali as far as where he could finish. You know. But mm. it's just Nibali has shown three weeks long race. I can get through this and, you know, duke it out where I need to play it smart where I need to. And I think TJ's just a day-to-day, I got to figure just, this out still. I, I mean, we. I feel like we've been saying this a lot about TJ for a while. Like, when does it get to the point <laughs> where he has that confidence? Like, 
I feel like people keep saying that over and over about him. But I'm just like, I don't know. Either we're underestimating him or he's not living up to his potential. Because I think we've been saying for a really long time, oh, it's about the pressure of the team. Oh, he's just got to learn. Oh, he's got to have the grace and figure out how to win, blah, blah. But I mean, he's been doing a lot of tours, you know, a lot of like GTs. Like, I don't know. Well, I think I, I think just, what's turned is, is, yeah, we've said he hasn't had the experience yet. But in the last year or so, I think what's turned is that he is starting to get that confidence. He's got all the yeah. support behind him. But there's just something, one little thing that's not there yet. And it's like an experience yeah, or, a, I agree. or a wherewithal or how to respond, you know, whether it's to take the leadership position rather than responding to what everybody else is doing. I don't know. Hmm. I hope the best for the guy. And I wish he could, you know, look at the three-year plan instead of the this year only. It all comes down to this. Yeah. So, right. The other thing I wanted to talk about was just Gannon, Cannondale, Cannondale Garmin, Gannondale Garmin. Cannondale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're kind of saying, Cannondale. I don't know. Kagarmin, Kagarmin. <laughs> oh, it's such a mouthful. Uh huh. So I think it's really interesting. They've kind of decided that, it, you know, Froome and I'm sorry, um, what's his face? Uh, <laughs> Vodders has sort of decided that, you know, okay, one-on-one, we can't beat, you know, our, a Talansky, Dan Martin, they're not going to necessarily beat him one-on-one. Uh, those, you know, Fantastic Four, any of those guys. So they're going to be, let's just make this race interesting and let's try and either do high GCs or just do stage wins. Uh, a quote that um, Vodder said really stuck out to me, which was, uh, you know, if these guys choose to seamlessly and selflessly work amongst each other, we can make this race interesting. And that's such a different, like, mindset because usually it's all this idea of, like, oh, we have our leader. Let's just, you know, have him win. But I love that they're going in with this mindset. Okay. We're probably not going to win. You know, we're not going to be on top step. We're not going to be top of GC. However, let's race a bit differently and, I don't know, race together as a team (laughs) and make it more of a team sport rather than an individual sport, you know? Mm -hmm. So they're kind of consciously deciding, okay, we're going to ride more as a team and less as individuals and hopefully do something interesting in this race. So, I don't know. I'm really interested to see what they do. Uh, yeah, I think I think this year has been a real tumultuous year for that team because of the merger and yeah. what Potter's role is. And yeah. like I said, I, you know, we haven't been paying as close attention as we have in the past. So, I've kind of missed out on the whole story of that merger and Botters and everything. But I'm never a big fan of that whole theology of we don't have a leader. We're just going to go in and see how it plays out. And I know that's not what he's saying, but it just sounds like kind of what we've heard in the past from a Katusha or 
somebody else that comes with three guys that could potentially do well. Um, I mean, the the take on it that, yeah, if they race against each other, <laughs> you know, one could motivate the other guy. Yeah, something could happen. Zelensky might have a great year. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I'm just right. not a fan of that thinking as far as getting results and, and taking the race by the horns. I just haven't seen it play yeah, out. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you that often racing without a leader ends to bad results. However, I think this is a total... They're not even thinking of a leader. Like, oh, we're going to support one rider and get him as high in the GC as we can. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not even their goal. And that's usually... When when a team says, "Oh, we're not gonna we're gonna race without a leader," it's because, "Oh God, we have too many cooks in the kitchen. We want to get as high in the GC as we can, so we don't want to put all of our eggs in one basket." Like that's usually what that is, and then it ends up being a mess because you never know who to support. Right. Whereas this, it's like we're all kind of supporting each other. We're supporting the team, and we're gonna do things for the team. You know, win stages, get into the breaks, that kind of stuff. So they say stuff like so they're going for the team right. competition. As far as that goes, because that would be kind of a fun goal for a team uh, I could to go see that. and say, that's our aim. Yeah, I could see that. You know, I could see them that going up a against goal, a green edge and something like that, you know, Orca. Yeah, it's true. Would be a good battle. Wow, that's true. Um, and I think they'd even have a better chance at it because they're good at much better at um, climbing than Orca is, I think. And it's in, in other sports, yeah. you hear that phrase, you know, it's a transition year. And I really kind of that kind of plays out for those guys I think because you got so many different people in the group that are trying to work together trying to figure each other out from the coaching staff down yeah you know that it's it's hard that's those are hard years to get through yeah. and I think it's almost like let's just survive this year make some trades and see where see where we come out <laughs> Yeah, I just think is that you bad? know. Sorry, <laughs> it is a little bad. I Mr. think. Poopy pants. I just think they have a really, they have a good team, and they always do well. They're just maybe not a like, I don't know. This year is just not good for them because there's just too many other good, amazing riders. And I'm not saying that Tlansky and you know Dan Martin aren't good riders. It's just it's such a they're I don't know. I mean. Those Fantastic Four are on such a different playing field than everybody else. I guess what I don't know. What I don't just think anybody has popped in my head? Okay, so here's here's my thought. Uh, <laughs> what we haven't talked about. Okay, so for years and years and years, we've had the leader and their top lieutenant, right? So for Froome, we know it's Port. Yeah. Um, for Contador, I guess it's Rafa Micah. And I guess there are those one, two kind of teams that we've got. But looking at a Talansky-Hejdal partnership, that's a, I mean, Mm -hmm. as far as the climbing goes in this tour, that's a pretty worthy team to throw Mm -hmm. up there with those guys. So who knows? I mean, yeah, if it clicks, I would love to see Hejdal surprise some people because I think in certain races through the year, he's popped up and kind of really shocked some people. But, I mean, yeah, because the pressure hasn't been on in the GC that he's been able to take some opportunities. But the way he's been climbing this year has been really impressive. Yeah. 
So there's my outside yeah. pick, Ryder Hishdal to win the yellow jersey in Paris. Yes, well, you know, <laughs> you do what you got to do. I'm placing all the money I have on that bet. There we go. Boom. Brave man. Brave man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've talked about everything that we can talk about in our limited <laughs> <laughs> No, we know lots. We've been very good. Fantasy tours where it um, all pro- proves out, though. Oh, so true. I haven't really been seeing a lot of that on my timeline. It's it's Fantasy firing up tour. this week. Okay, should I put one together? Are you playing? I'm. Yeah, I haven't done it yet, uh, but I've been making oh, some notes. Either. As I was prepping for this, I'd read some names and think, "Oh, there's a good outside okay. point okay. gatherer." Right so it. yeah, let's <laughs> let's. Let's play. Let's get a, get a league. <laughs> I feel like I'm probably just going to like close my eyes and pick because. Oh, come on. That's what it all comes down to anyways. That's <laughs> true. The last four guys. Isn't that just, what it always is anyway? Yeah. Right. The last four guys are just like, who do I have enough points for? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're done. Hopefully we'll be back again. Not next week, but the week after. Somewhere mid-tour? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know. Okay. Uh, talk a little bit more. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, I am at Blooming Cyclist. And I am C Fiddy, C underscore F-I-D-D-Y. And our podcast is at Pelotonitis, and I try to live tweet from there. When I am able to watch a race, that's where I try and live tweet from. And this would be posted on our blog, which is uh, pelotonizedpodcast.wordpress.com. So thank you all for listening again. We hope we get some of you back (laughs) after a long hiatus. Thank you for being loyal. Uh, Yeah. Our loyal listeners, yes. So enjoy the tour. and It's going to be good this year. Our loyal listeners, yes. It is. We enjoy the tour, and we will chat again soon.